Welcome to LifeHouse Beloved Podcast. Um, we're continuing on with our series on worry, or should I say, do not worry, based on the Matthew 6, chapter 6 um, passage where Jesus commands us not to worry. So hopefully you're enjoying it. So we'll just kick right in. So um, in Matthew 6, Jesus says, do not worry. And then he gives us examples to actually build a case for us not worrying and um Debbie, do you want to just read that passage again, please? I'm getting You'll good get at it. You'll get to know it off by heart by the end of this. You, I wish that Which this is, is good. something that I did yeah. know off by heart. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Sorry, that gets me every time. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about your clothes? About clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labour or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendour was dressed like one of these. In if that is how God clothes the grass of the field which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Thanks, Debbie. I love that there's so many scriptures where God uses animals and nature to teach us lessons. And I, and I love this where Jesus is using the example of birds and flowers. Mm. And, you know, I think he used it because it's something that we can fully relate to, that constant, tangible, yeah. in-your-face reminder of God's provision and I'm so grateful to him for giving that to us. You know, I wake up every day to bird song, and it's numerous different bird songs that mm. I hear around. And, you know, I see birds around me every single day, and I'm sure, you know, we all do. And I was just thinking, I don't often see a dead bird. And if I do, it's been squashed by a car. It hasn't, like, dropped down due to hunger, mm. um, you know. And it's just such a good reminder of God's promise to provide for us. I think no matter where you are, if you're starting to get those thoughts, those worrying thoughts, you just have to look out, you know, and you'll probably hear or see a bird. And, and, and you know that he says as well that he cares for them and how much more is he going to care for me? You know, and there's other scriptures as well that talks about that not even a sparrow falls to the ground without God being aware of it. Yeah. So, I mean, if he's, you know, how much he, you know, he's going to provide for us. And as I said, you're not going to walk, you don't walk around seeing dead or starving birds all over the place or birds falling out of the sky. And, and it just is a constant reminder of how good and how faithful God is. And you just can't dispute that truth when you look at and you're just hearing those birds all around you, hey? Yeah. And I like that he also talks about birds don't reap and store food up in barns, you know? Because, you know, that tendency as well, that worry, sin is always crouching at the door to come in. And so even if things are going fine now, then I might start my mind going down the future or worrying about later, you know? And... And birds can't do that. They're just totally dependent on God for each meal. And we like to know ahead. We don't like to be dependent on anyone or anything. But those birds just remind us that we can and we should be that dependent on God. 
And, you know, he also tells us to pray for our daily bread, ask for our daily bread, and ask in assurance, believing, and knowing that God is going to provide. So before going to the flowers, what do you, <laughs> have you got anything to add to the birds? Yeah, well, I, I just think it's amazing that, you know, they know to fly away from cold places yeah. and where to find food. They know how to build their own nests for warmth because God causes all that they need to be there for them. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like you say, you know, pretty much you could go anywhere and always see a bird. Yeah. Um, and there's also many kinds of birds. Some, you know, there's some that are big, some that are small, some eat huge amounts and yeah. some eat tiny crumbs. But they're all taken care of. And... It's funny to watch a bird looking for food. You know, the little ones that eat off the ground and they don't carefully just, you know, look around. They just, it's almost like they just peck confidently. Yeah. But there's going to be something there. You know, to be there, yeah. <laughs> Every time. Um, and then you have patient eagles that, that are watching and waiting, knowing that they'll have a meal soon. They casually fly around until it's ready. Yep. And um, I once watched birds who were snatching fish out of a lake. And they only took like, you know, three times to fly over to know where the fish would be and they caught it first time every time. You know, like that's just amazing. amazing. Yeah. And, yeah, I I just think that's – you think of birds and you think, you know, they do. They have everything they need. Yeah, and I like that what you said, they confidently just peck, hey? Yeah. Like I just, when I talk like this, I feel so, and it's good, I feel ashamed of myself. Well, if I don't, I should be ashamed yeah, like, of what myself. what am I worried right? about? <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, those birds, right? And God cares about them and, and yeah. they're nothing compared to us. And, and the flowers, again, it's something you can relate to, isn't it? There's a reminder. I mean, we see such beauty in flowers. There's such variety and you know, we've recorded this podcast before and we had Sandy with us and she works um, as a florist and, you know, she just, you know, just the variety that she sees and deals with every day. And Sandy's not here now. We have to re-record that she's not here because she had a baby. So yeah. that's very exciting. Um, but, you know, Jesus is saying that God cares enough to make them, those flowers so beautiful and they just die. So, you know, don't we believe he's more able more than able to provide clothing for us and Mm. so i just love those illustrations because as i said they're constant tangible reminders to us of god's faithfulness his goodness and his provision and i mean how how good and faithful is he to give us those visible constant reminders Mm. as well you know to me that speaks of his compassionate heart he's just saying in that don't worry yeah don't worry my child you know and he just shows that matthew 10 29 to 31 says are not two sparrows sold for a penny Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care. It's not even that he, not only does he know about it, but he cares as well. And even the very hairs on your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid, you're worth more than many sparrows. I mean, that there, we couldn't even count our own hairs, but that's how intimately God knows us. Yeah. awesome. And the thing about flowers too, you know, they're so beautiful. And so intricate, even like little weeds, you know, like the fact that God put flowers on weeds, what we consider weeds, you know, and he goes to all the trouble to intricately make each one of those things, whether it be an amazing, beautiful rose or a tiny little, you know, really tiny, tiny little weed flower. Um, And a friend of mine put a a photo up a little while ago on Instagram about um, she had a cactus that had just flowered. 
And if you've never seen a cactus flower, it's really, really beautiful. And I, I'd never seen one before until I saw this photo. And I was like, wow, that is a beautiful, be like you think such an ugly kind of looking plant yeah, yeah. has a beautiful flower. But the thing about cactus flowers is that they only bloom for approximately eight hours. Yeah. And they're at their peak beauty for only two hours. So I'm reminded of the verse in Ecclesiastes 3.11, he has made everything beautiful in, in his time, time yeah. you know. And so, you know, the fact that God makes flowers that are only going to be here for a short period of time. Yeah. Like why bother, right? Yeah. And you think about how many cactuses are out there yeah. that he's letting bloom. Just because he Just can. because he can, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, I always tell my, my boys, you know, like if they spot something, you know, that like, you know, we could be walking on the beach and look at sand, you know, like shells in yeah. the sand and, and I'll say to them, you know, like there's nobody else around. You know, God knew that we'd be here at this time yeah. to see this, this pattern of shells and these types of shells to yeah. look at and he did that for you yeah because he knew you were going to see that and think that was amazing you know and it's like well god knew and just that even like he's just doing it for your enjoyment yeah you know like it's not for anything other than i want you to enjoy this i mean and and, and that goes to as well why we shouldn't worry so much because how often do we take the time to stop and mm. smell the roses so to speak and it's there like you're saying seeing those shells we might be so busy and worried about anxious, you know, about so much things that we don't even take the time to actually look at those things mm. and to enjoy them. So that's really awesome. Yeah, that's beautiful. I think, I think too, that, um, you know, we're sitting here and, you know, we're not really lacking for anything at the moment, you know, but I'm sure that there are listeners out there at the moment that are, you know, you, you may not have somewhere to live, you may not have food to eat, but you can rely that God, on God yep. and trust him, you know, to provide those things for you. Yeah. And, and that talks as well, like, oh, you're not much more valuable than that. That's you it. know, we are worth the very life of Jesus to yeah. God. I mean, God himself in the person of Jesus died for us. There is no greater value that you could have, right? There's none. I mean, there's nothing greater that God could do. He, and, and, and even add to that, he died for us while we were in opposition to him, while we were still sinners. So not even just for those who loved him or accepted him, but even those who hated him, he's died for them. And, you know, our value is not tied to what we do or don't do for God. We have, you know, he loves us so much. And Romans 5, 6 to 8 says, You see, at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So even, you know, if we hate God and spit in his face, Christ still died for us. Mm. And 1 Corinthians 6.20 speaks as well to this, to the value. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honour God with your bodies. Mm. Um, have you got... 1 Peter 1, 18 to 19 there, or should I just read you, that? Yeah, okay. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. So as I just said, God couldn't place any higher value on you than the life of Jesus. And you know, his death for us, 
on our behalf is a tangible sign of the value that God places on us. There's nothing higher, nothing greater that he could do. You know, and if anyone ever said to you, well, how do I know God loves me? Because of the cross, that's how you know. Yeah. And that's a fact, yeah. a historical fact. It's nothing to do with, you know, how good you are, whatever. That's a fact he showed, how much he loves you by doing that um, and how much he values you. Amen. Anything to add on to that? Mm. I, I, yeah, just I'm just agreeing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, what about where Jesus goes on to say, can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? Now, I often read that and think, no, but I can certainly take lots of hours off my life. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to talk to that? <laughs> yeah, no, sorry. I just I must have missed a uh, question there. <laughs> you must have skipped. Maybe I jumped. In. That's all right. No, I, I mean... You said everything that I had anyhow. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I often think about that, you know, can you worry, you know, can can worrying. Yes, we can worry. Yes. <laughs> I shouldn't. Can any one of you by worrying at a single hour? And like you say, no. Yeah. But we can definitely take it off. Yes. You know. Um, you know, I know when I'm stressed or worried, I can be in such a tears and I can even develop, like, headaches or feeling yeah, nauseous. physical. You know, yeah. um, and like if I lose something or I can't find something, I start to panic or stress about finding it. And I've found the quicker I take it to God, the quicker I feel calm about it, surprisingly. Obeying yeah. <laughs> scripture actually works. I, I don't always find it straight away, but yeah, yeah. like the calmness, it's like that peace that passes understanding, understanding comes, yeah. you know. And, and that's yeah. of course not because you're assured of finding it, but you're assured that he's in control even if you don't find it right. That's it, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, so as we've said, you can take away from your life and like you said, Debbie, headaches, things, you can have physical effects, um, you know, and there's lots of scripture that talk about that as well, about physical effects yeah. on your body. And, you know, sometimes people can even get so desperate out of worry and despair um, and just not seeing a solution that they take their own lives as mm. well. And, you know, that's what worry is. It's us trying to come up with a solution, trying to come up with a way out. Your minds are trying to puzzle through it and you can't. And, and we know that it's futile, it's a waste of energy. You lose time and sleep that you'll never get back. I mean, you don't think these things while you're doing it, but in retrospect, I just think of how much, you know, um, I've lost with worrying. You know, it can stop you from doing things. It can stop you from opportunities because it's fear. And, 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 mm. and you know, that I know that there's opportunities I've missed out on not taking because of worry. And, you know, that causes regret as well, which yeah. is robbing you of life and, and it can negatively affect your relationships. And, I, you know, I find as well that I can also cause damage to my relationships by speaking out of turn when I'm worried yeah. because I might be trying to manipulate people or circumstances so that I feel safe, I feel in control in an attempt to minimise, you know, what I worry about that might happen. And so I tend to, I can step into that manipulation and, you know, worry snowballs as well. You, you go, we've talked before about how you go into that excessive speculation and, and, you know, speak out of that or act out of that and then find that you're totally wrong. And I cannot tell you the amount of sleep and peace that I've lost over the years due to worry. It's ridiculous. But it's a consequence of my own sin and disobedience because Jesus himself tells me. He doesn't give it as a suggestion. He says, do not worry, um, you know. And, and it can't come from a higher authority. 
And I always think how ridiculous it is that I trust him with my destiny, with my eternal life, and yet I'd worry over such ridiculous little temporary things now. <laughs> yeah. And I can and I know there's some people who worry and think, Oh, am I really saved or whatever? I don't have that worry. No. I do have that absolute assurance. So I know that when I die I'm going to be with him, you know, and he's gonna come and get me and you know, look yeah. after me and everything. Um, but yeah, I do worry about all these temporary little yeah. things, you know, and so it's just silly. Um, you know, he made and he owns everything, and, and who am I to worry about food and clothing? Psalm 50 verse 10 says, For every animal of the forest is mine, and even and the cattle on a thousand hills. Psalm 24, 1, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it, and yet I will worry. It seems so, it, it's, it kind of seems funny to think about it when we, Put it in perspective, like yeah. when you sit and actually stop and think about it, like you say. And I was just like, "Yeah, that's funny." But then I'm like, oh, "I did the same thing." <laughs> but it is, you know, it's silly. Yeah, you know, it is. And it's, yeah. And okay, so Jesus says in verse thirty, "You of little faith, how's faith related to worry?" Ah, uh, they're polar opposite <laughs> ends of yeah. the scale. That's right. <laughs> so if you're Worrying, then you're only forgetting to have faith in God. Yeah, it's doubt, isn't it? It's unbelief. Yeah. Um, and, and what, so do you think don't worry means don't plan, don't be concerned? What's the difference between concerned and, and worry? Uh, I think, oh, no, it doesn't. Um, being concerned about something is different to worry. Yep. Concern is preempting a thought before deciding what to do with it. Yep. If we get concerned and then choose to stay on the same thought, it becomes worry. So concern drives us to do something proactive for a situation. Worry makes us insane. <laughs> That's um, we can be concerned by a situation and then choose to take it to God. Worry is keeping it in our own hands. For mm. instance, I can be concerned about, you know, how my child's going to go at school that day. But I can also just go, okay, um, it's up to God to look after him and put him in God's hands. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, worrying is me holding on to that all day, going, "Oh, I hope yeah. it's okay. I hope it's okay. Yeah. I hope it's okay." And instead of going, "Okay, about you. <laughs> Lord, I'm putting him in your hands," you know, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's it is. It's holding on to yeah. it or letting go of it. That's the difference. Really, and and if it? you think about it, like if I say to you, if you was like, "Oh, I'm really worried about him at school today," and I said, "Well, you know what? You can go and sit with him the whole day in the classroom." You'd feel like, "Oh, great." But you know what? There's someone better than you that's going yeah. to sit with him yeah. all day in the classroom. You know, often when I worry about my son as well, I think, like, I wish I could be there to watch over him or go with him. And I'm like, no, you know what? Someone yeah. even better yeah. and more amazing that he, you know, can can go with him. And that, mm. that, that does comfort me. And that's something I'm trying to even instill in them now. You know, when they get worried at night and they're like, Mummy, you know, can you stay with me? And I'm like, you know, in the middle of the night when, you know, yes, I could. But then, you know, neither of us are going to get much sleep yeah, because you're yeah. worried. And, you know, just teaching them that Last when you are scared time, yeah. or you are worried, then we need to pray and we yeah. need to give it to God and, you yeah. know, that he is with you always. Even when I can't be with you going to school, he is with, with you. you. He'll help you do your talk. He'll help you do your presentation on parade, you know. And, and you're teaching them, Debbie, and all those thousands of little things like that, you're teaching them to actually get their security from him and not from you. That's it, yeah. Because you know? and, and, I'm not going to be much yeah, use today. Yeah, <laughs> but a lot of kids are brought up like that, you know, and, and out of the mother's own need as well, yeah. they put that on the child. And then 
mommy has to be with me all the time. I'm getting my... And, and I mean, I'm not saying... No, you know, no, ridiculous. Times, Obviously, yeah. there's times when you will. But you are actually, as they grow older, you're teaching yeah. them their security is in yeah. God and, and not in a person, which is awesome. Yeah. All right, so Debbie and I had both, um, the last time we did this, we'd both Googled, I think, the same article. <laughs> um and it was, um, there was a blogger, a guy who posted a blog from his friend called Caleb uh, Watsuka. I like to always give credit where, you know, it's not our work. Um, and, and, and he just says in there, I think he wrote it, well, he wrote a blog on it. So I think it comes from a book as well. He wrote a book on worry called um, What If How to Kill Worry and Anxiety Before They Kill You. <laughs> I like that. I think what if I was going to write a book, that's that, what I think. I'm writing it too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, he says there as well, as Debbie said, concern is positive aspects of focusing on a potential problem with intent to solve it mm. in a beneficial way, whereas worry goes into negative where you start fretting. Um, and he gives as well a table um, of eight points of characteristics of concern and of worry. And I, I think it's really interesting. I went yeah. over this again and thought, like, I'm going to look at what I tick off and see. Yeah. Um, you know, where I'm stepping into worry. So if it's concern, it's focused on others. If it's worry, it's self-centered. Um, concern would motivate you to serve, whereas worry puts up barriers that actually keep you from serving. I guess it, you get all that fear and mm. want to just not engage, hey? Yeah. And then um, concern promotes constructive action where worry often paralyzes us. I was going to say that earlier about, you know, fear yep. and worry. They they do. They do it paralyze. always paralyzes yeah. you you know you just you, yeah how often are you paralyzed with fear yeah, yeah. which is essentially worry. worry yeah um and then concern is welcomed by others most of the time and worry is not and i think that talks to mm. what i was saying earlier where i'm worrying i'll actually start to manipulate mm. um even if i think i'm not doing it or really trying i will come across as very controlling because it's out of my trying to contain the situation and so that doesn't go down well um, concern is driven by love, whereas worry is driven by fear. I mean, that's a big, yeah. like, for me, that's really important to remember that, how it's yeah. driven by fear, so that there as well, it's sin. The goal for concern is to help, and, and worry doesn't have a goal. That's so true, isn't it? It's pointless <laughs> and aimless, and, you know, you don't, and, and you can even get into a habit of worrying and worry if you haven't got something to worry about, and you often might not even want a solution, yeah. you know? Um, and then... Concern would strengthen relationships, whereas worry is going to tend to weaken them. And again, it's because you could be too needy because you or you're too controlling um, or manipulative because you're trying to control the situation. Mm. And then concern is tempered with faith, whereas worry just your doubts and your fears just overwhelm your faith. So mm. I, I thought that was really good, and I think it's probably a good exercise to go and visit mm. that. Um, you know, from time to time and just see where you are operating. And one thing he says as well that's really good is when fear becomes the main motivator, then it's not concern anymore. It's that control and safety and you've mm. stepped into worry. And I think that's really good. Um, something that I've thought of too is my concern for my kids will make me check on them and engage with them, yep. whereas my worry will send me into overdrive to be a helicopter parent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that term, helicopter parents. We've got a lot of that around us here at school. Yeah, and you know what as well? I find in this, mark, you know, talking about helicopter parents and where, and again, you know, there can be a, something a parent hasn't dealt with and, and they're getting their identity out of their role Absolutely. and out of their yeah. kids. And 
you know, it always amazes me. There might be a parent that comes in really anxious or whatever, and, you know, they're worried about the kid and they put that on. Or, you know, I've got a parent with a kid who's got a particular medical condition, and it's like she doesn't... I can see when I'm saying it's been a really good day and he's done really well and everything's fine. It's almost like she doesn't want to hear that. Mm. It sounds silly, but it's like mm. you can see, like, she wants there to be something going wrong or mm. drama and when I've only got positive it's like I can see it's not getting well received mm. um, so that's just can become a habit isn't mm. it to just worry and just want it to be all you know yeah and, and you know it also sorry yeah. it, it also being um, a parent who is worried all the time and 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 oversensitive and, and being that helicopter parenting yeah. doesn't leave room for God yeah. in that child's life. Like yes. I know like with my eldest son, he's I've probably mentioned before, he's autistic. And so, you know, I have always had that concern about how he's going to go. And this year, you know, like he has just taken off. Like he is, awesome. he's like, see you, mum, I'm yeah. all good. Yeah. I, I haven't even hardly heard I don't want to go to school, yeah. you know, like yeah. he's, he's, He's really taking ownership of his own life and, and things. You know, it's not to say that he doesn't still want my input yeah, and, need, yeah. and, you know, wants to, you know, mum, I need you, you know, I want you to be there. You know, he still wants me to walk him into school. Yeah. But as soon as that bell goes, he's like, see ya, I'm good. Confident. Yep. And you'll find as you've got less anxious or whatever, yeah. it does yep. definitely. And, I mean, you'll know, you look around you and you'll see people that haven't dealt with that mm. and you can see it feeding down the generations. Yeah. You know, yeah. and so yeah, and it it is it is. I find for me, I don't. I mean, you know, to to be a parent generally is difficult to sort yeah. of let go and let them do their own thing. But to be a parent of somebody who has been so reliant on you, and yeah. and still will continue to yeah. be somewhat reliant on you for quite some time, um, to let them to sort of push them a little bit yeah. and and let them go is it's still difficult oh, to yeah, you know. Course. And I I mean I know you know. I know my mum has even had issues like with us leaving home, you know, yeah. and like when I left home, I was the first to leave home and it was, she was almost like, oh, you know, you've left me, you know, yeah, yeah. and I was not thinking, oh, well, I don't want to be around you. I don't no, want to live no, with you. It was like, like, I just want to spread my wings yeah, and go, yeah. you know, and, and it was not about her. So, and, and there's a lot of parents that struggle with that as well, where their whole role or identity and everything yeah. is just in being a mum and raising yeah. your kids and then that like well what do I do now yeah and I loved what you said I think I just want to go back to that really important point that if you are um being that helicopter mom or if your kids I love what you said you're actually not even allowing them room to bring God in mm. to their life because you know we talked earlier about as well how you know you would be teaching your boys to get their security in God but if you're feeding that yeah um, you know, being the helicopter, or whatever, feeding you know the anxieties and that because it makes you feel needed mm. and good. You're not allowing them, yeah, to have that room for God and to learn to depend on Him. That's heavy, isn't it? That's Can, very sobering. The one thing that has made me to like to teach them, you know, go to God, has been the fact that I have tried to take it on. Yep. And I have tried that way of oh, you know, oh, I need to. I need to take on all their worries and their concerns yeah. as their mum and, you know, yeah. I need to fix it for them. Yeah. And then realising, I don't know how to fix this yeah. for them. And so I'm so like, like, okay, what am I going to do with it? Okay, I'll take it to God. So I'm, I'm kind of trying to teach them <laughs> to bypass me and go to yeah, God. God. But, and that's the thing, even though it's your, it's your concern for them that's driving that, like, okay, well, I just 
even if it's harder, but I can't do it, but I need it to be done for them. So, you know, it's well, because, still a yeah, good thing that, yeah, yeah you take yeah. it to God. So mm. that's awesome. Um, yeah, and another thing as well, that God expects us to not just sit back and expect everything to fall into our lap just yeah. because he says don't worry. Yeah. So, you know, we have to be careful as well. Okay, God said I don't have to worry, so I'm just not going to worry about anything or yeah. provide or do anything. I've, I've met people like that where they're just oblivious to, eh, mm. it's all right, God will provide. And it's like, well, no, he says don't worry, but it doesn't mean because he's just going to pour it into you. He's given you the ability to work and he's going to give you opportunities. Yeah, he could rain money from the sky if he mm. chose to, yeah. but he yeah. usually doesn't. <laughs> and again, it's probably down to that building our character yeah. and learning to trust him. If it were just rain money, you know, we wouldn't do that. Um, you know, we might trust him for employment or whatever, but he still expects us to work. And there's so many scriptures that talk about that, yeah. about talking, yeah, about working. Um, you know, Proverbs... 2125, the cravings of a sluggard will be the death of him because his hands refuse to work. Um, I've got lots of scriptures on that that I won't go into now because you're going to wind this one mm. up, but that is probably a soapbox issue for me, mm -hmm. this whole doll and the worldly system. It goes against God's word. God's word says the man who doesn't work shall not eat. Yeah. And I'm not saying there's not legitimate, legitimate situations, but there's a lot of people that just live on that because they don't want to work yep. and they're too lazy. Yeah. And and that's what the enemy wants because he wants us to get so dependent on that world system that when the mark of the beast comes in, it's like, well, we're totally dependent, yeah. you know. Um, and so we need to be really careful of that. And, and with that as well, with working, we created to work and to have purpose. Yeah. And, you know, if you're just sitting on the doll, and again, I'm not talking about legitimate cases, I'm talking about people that just don't want to work because the society allows it through the welfare system. You know, they can have depression, self-esteem issues and whatever, and that's all part of the plan of the enemy. They might not even realise they're in this sort of low-grade depression because you created to work, you yeah. feel better about yeah. yourself. You yeah, know, yeah. whether it be working in the home and being productive or, you know, going out to mm. work, you do feel better about yourself. Yeah. And if you look at the curse as well that God said to Adam, you will yeah. work, um, you know, and sweat. And we, so, you know, we you feel better when you've actually been productive and worked. So anything yeah. you want to add to that, Deb? No. <laughs> I was just thinking, you know, like, it, like I had mentioned before, like if we had that life of, you know, clear sailing yeah. and never having any trouble, then we wouldn't have the opportunity to trust in God yeah, and we exactly. would forget about him. So and that to was all I wanted character. to add to that. Yeah. All right, so we're going to end off there. Thank you for listening. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, um, www.lifehalfandhalf.net. Thank you.